You're listening to the Detroit is Different Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Piper Carter Podcast. It's me, Piper Carter, your host. And yes, another exciting episode um, with our co-host. What's up, Brittany? How are you? What up, Dope Pipe? What up, Deja? What up, Jaira? Peace, peace. Peace, everyone. Yeah, so guess what? Um, We're going to get right into it today. We have an amazing special guest. I went to high school with this woman. I danced with this woman. Um, We were a part of uh, an amazing, a couple of amazing pieces of history. We were in the same youth program, the arts program. I always talk about Festival of the Arts. Um, She studied music with some of the greats of our time. She uh, is a mother. She is a a drummer, a percussionist. She's been in so many bands. It's incredible. She's played with some amazing world-renowned artists. She is an herbalist and a farmer and uh, one of my great friends. And um, I just want to bring into the space Aisha Ellis. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here, y'all. Yeah. Quite a few times. And it's like now I'm in the hot seat. So that's really exciting. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. So we want to get all into what you're doing uh these days because we know you're working on music. You're in the studio cooking up something amazing for us and we want to hear about your story but before we do that we wanted to get into um just a few topics if you will and so I think uh our first topic let's start with you Jaira um with our tech report all right so um as everyone know I love to talk about Tesla and Elon Musk um so over over the course of these months so far in the year, there's been so many people getting involved with these um, Tesla accidents with autopilot. Mm. So a lot of people are being more um, comfortable, are getting more comfortable with the autopilot. They're, you know, they're dropping their hands and going to sleep and just, you know, forgetting that the car is still in testing phase as far as for the autopilot it's not fully automated but people are like relying their lives on it and they're you know just carefree when they uh, turn on the autopilot um there was like an accident in lansing michigan over on the highway um someone was just not paying attention with the autopilot on and ended up under a semi-truck and it didn't, you know, it didn't end well just because there's been over like two fatal fatal crashes with the Tesla. Um, 
so many it's just it's just sad to hear that so many people are dying from it not even and if they don't die they just are really badly injured because they um aren't listening to the safety requirements when it you know engages on the screen for the autopilot they just uh, ignore all the warnings and just go to sleep or just don't pay attention in general um i want you i want everyone to let me know what their feedback is on the crashes if you know about it or if you don't okay i'll go first first of all thank you for this tech report secondly no i did not know about that thirdly um i'm never gonna speak ill of the dead so rest in peace to all the people who have died but next i want to just get into this part right here um i told you so didn't i tell you about the uh, auto driving does not sound like a good idea like they haven't done all this proper testing and yeah now they're just basically testing out people as guinea pigs the next thing i wanted to say is um so with the you know uh autopilot thing right now i haven't seen any of the simulations so i don't know what it looks like or it feels like or the design or the experience i have an imagination because i do watch black mirror on netflix and <laughs> and i've seen some sci-fi films and to me when i've ever seen like an autopilot type of thing the people can go to sleep and they're not driving the car the thing is like automatically driving the car so that's where i have questions is like if it's autopilot is the thing not intelligent or like do they they still need the person to actually like be the intelligence and drive the car that's where i'm confused is like the experience but um i don't know if you want to respond to that first or if other people wanted to go be uh, and then you respond to everybody at the same time. What do you think, Jaira? Do you want people to keep going and then you respond at the end? Or did you want to just like respond to that directly? Um, well, I think that it, it seems like it would be intelligence based, but I think that there's just a natural risk that's taken when you drive an autopilot car and you put it on autopilot and it's a smart car at that like i think that's just a natural risk but again i'm not trying to speak ill of the dead either but i think that's just you know a, a part of that a part of it i don't know what do you think aisha i think that people have to not People have to understand that you can't rely on something just because it's kind of trendy right now. You know, you can't rely on that because it's obviously not been tested long enough to give um, to show that it's safe to do those things. To you know, you have to be present in your life, and that's that's what I would think that you really have to be present in your life, especially something as important as uh, driving and getting from one place to the other. You know, so. It's unfortunate that they had to learn that with their lives. And I hope other people understand, okay, maybe I better not do that. 
I'll get the car, but I won't use this option. And personally, I don't think that the option should be available because you that is getting into like experimentation. Like I think the world needs to stop. Well, the people who are able to maneuver in the world because of um, having large amounts of financial resources, you know, you shouldn't be allowed to maneuver in certain ways that are detrimental to others. Like, I don't think that that option should be even available because it's not proven to be effective yet. So, and with technology being what it is, it's got gotten us to be more complacent, you know, every year, every six months, every three months, we grow more and more complacent. Um, there was a time when, you know, we didn't have all of this. You knew, you knew people's telephone numbers. And <laughs> that's one thing we don't do anymore. We don't know those telephone numbers because we've gotten complacent and rely on technology to a, a, an alarming um, degree. Yeah. I mean, what, what are your thoughts, Brittany? Because you're in that millennial. You're, you're our token millennial. What, what do you say? <laughs> You there, Brittany? Oh. Yeah, I'm here. Um, I'd say that the way the world is moving into tech, that these situations are inevitable. Um, we're gonna keep hearing about things like this uh probably for the next 10, 15 years until there's normalcy to it. I think that these are one of the things the one of the like uh themes of us forcing ourselves towards tech. Um, I think with Tesla, I think, um, I don't know. I think with, uh, with the car, um, I think it's unfortunate that, um, things, you know, happen and the safety mechanisms aren't protecting people, but in just, uh, uh, just being realistic, I just think that, again, this is the age that we're in, um, when we talk about tech and things of that nature. Yeah, and I wonder, Jaira, what are your thoughts as you're listening um, to everyone? Well, I mean, everyone has their own, you know, perspective on the cars. I mean, I would personally still drive them. I would still, I still want to own one. But like you said, like, um, you know, like you said before, I don't think they should be out for the public to use right now because people are very uh, experimental. So anything, any new thing that's going to be out there, a lot of people are going to be like, you know, let me test that out. Let's see how, let's push it to its limit to see how far it can go. And they do it with their lives. And unfortunately, some people um, took the test too far and think that it's okay to just get a blanket and go to sleep or get in the back seat and just go to sleep as if, you know, the car is driving itself. But it has its um, faults in it as far as in the software, that's why there are frequent updates um, on it. So I just feel like some people should take it um, more seriously as far as not going over and beyond with it and not um, relying on it as like a mode of trans transportation. Yeah, and wow. I see that Deja's still trying to connect and I wanted to go to her with her topic, but since she's um, trying to connect right now, I'm going to um, I'm going to start with my topic. But thank you for that, Jaira. 
Um, that was a pretty good topic. We know uh, you can always count on Jaira to support Elon Musk. <laughs> 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 we know that's your guy. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, yeah, so, you know, I wanted to talk about um, the eight folks that were murdered in um, the spa in Atlanta. Okay, so before I go to that, I see that Deja's back. I wanted, let's do Deja's topic. Deja, let's do your topic first. You there, Deja? You there, Deja? We, if you are talking, you're on mute. No, you're on mute. Your mic is muted. Let me see if I can unmute you. Oh, she had to go off. Okay, so we'll do we'll do my topic then. Um, so I want to say rest in power to the eight people that were murdered um, in Atlanta at the spa. I think anyone that's been listening to the news, we kind of know the details. But um, just in case folks don't know the details um here's i'll just give you like the rundown and i'm getting this from uh the new york times so um they charged the suspect uh at the spa i know that he went to court on friday um six of the eight uh victims were women of asian descent um, the a survivor of the shooting called his wife, um, and, 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 and let her know what was going on. Um, the suspect's parents identified him in the surveillance footage during the manhunt. Um, this experts are saying there's a rise in hate crimes motivated by male supremacy. It says um, Asian Americans were targeted in nearly 3,800 hate incidents in the past year. Um, and there was an officer who was talking reckless. And so they uh, pretty much told him, you know, like, um, you know, stop talking. <laughs> and um, yeah, I wanted to just, you know, this is like ongoing and, you know, I'm in a lot of like different social justice circles, but um, I just wanted to uplift this because they were basically saying that they're, that they have questions as to whether it's a hate crime or not. And I'm going to say that I think we could say that it is a hate crime. Um, we do know that, um, you know, there is a, what's the word I want to use, a fetish or of a, of a over-sexualization of Asian women. Um, and the, the, the person who did the shooting did claim that he had some sort of sex um, addiction. And, you know, this 
murder is um i will classify it as like femicide which is like you know people who murder women because they're women right and then blame uh the woman right for 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 being you know sexually attractive or being the 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 problem and um you know the the buyer he had admitted that he he was a confirmed buyer of you know prostituted women and he frequented right he he often frequented two of those um spa venues or massage venues um and i i've been told by people who do work in um social justice around you know protecting women that um the correct term is um uh prostituted people because sex workers includes um pimps sex traffickers brothel owners this kind of thing and so whenever we you know say we want to you know protect um sex workers it it, it it's like actually saying that you want to protect you know these profiteers and slave masters too right and so um they're saying that it's best to uh clearly identify the term prostituted people um but anyway so you know um long story short we know about the rise in sex trafficking that's happened we know this with black girls and boys and people forever we know this exists with you know um latinx people or latino people you know the over sexualization of of people of color of black people of black women of of black men of you know latino and latina people right um and asian people as well um and we know that there's no value placed on people's lives if they're considered you know um an immigrant or um or a person of color and so there's literally you know these are these these murders in my opinion are not really being taken um as seriously as i i believe they should be but um i feel like i've kind of presented you know a little bit but um i wanted to know if folks had had a chance to know about this story or um you know had any had had seen um the conversation around people or i should say the the police saying that they weren't sure quote unquote if uh this was a hate crime or not and i wanted to get y'all's feedback on on that so anybody could start um i agree that they aren't being taken seriously and i don't really know why i mean i understand that they want to see um you know, a race war and just people at war so that we're not focused on what they're doing to us and what they're doing behind the scenes. Um, but I don't know. I know that they're not being taken seriously and that there is a disadvantage in crime or justice, I'm sorry. I don't know if um, 
Any did any is anyone else aware of this story or no? Yeah. Oh. I am. I am. I, I read about it and saw some video footage on it. And um, I have some um, some feelings about it, you know, because if, if it's classified as femicide, isn't that still hatred? You know what I'm saying? And I feel like because this country has allowed so much terrorism and treachery and murderous behavior towards black people. And don't get me wrong, everybody has felt it, but we have definitely disproportionately felt it and continue to do so and never get the benefit of the doubt, get quick to get shot up by um, law enforcement, if you will. And so I feel like because that has been allowed for so long and that those, um, it's like they protect the monsters, you know what I'm saying? It's like, because that has been allowed to happen against uh, indigenous people, I do consider myself an indigenous as well to this planet. I feel like because that has been allowed, now everyone who is not, con not considered white, they're going to feel it because it's like, what Martin Luther King Jr. said, an injustice, what is, what is that phrase? An injustice here is like an injustice everywhere. Something to that effect, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But I feel like because this has been allowed, that has left the door open for other people to be uh, terrorized and abused and, and just treated any kind of way. That door has been left open. You know what I'm saying? And so now it's, it's going to be like a domino effect. And so I feel like, um, for lack of a better word, I feel like it's like going to make it, people going to know what it feel like to be less than and always consider that, you know, it's, it's so much um, to me, a lot of perversion that has just been allowed to um, flourish and be prevalent on multiple levels. You know what I'm saying? You see it in between certain things. You see it through all of these um, things that we consume, all the medias that we consume. You see it through, you, you hear that, you know, the abuse of lyrics. You just hear so much abuse towards women in general. And it's just left a door open for this to happen. And it's, it's not gonna, I don't think it's gonna get better um, for a while. Like something really is going to have to um, tip that scale in order for people to really look at it and be like, look, we got to do something different. We got to get in touch with these morals. You know what I'm saying? It's enough room for everybody to have more than enough. But you have groups of people who feel like they got to have everything. And it's more than enough for everybody to have more than what they need. So you just you got some serious um, mental cases making laws, passing laws, um, doing all kinds of stuff. So that's, it's very unfortunate. And I saw the video where the elderly um, Asian mama, it looked like she had cut the Joker smile in that, in that man face for attacking her. You know, they carting him off, but they, nobody's really tending to her. You know, this, this woman is clearly traumatized and, and hurt, you know. 
And it just, it's really sad. It is a sad sight to see, but I don't think it's gonna get any better for a while. Um, some serious moves have to be made. I think it's gonna call for um, some serious unifying. Yeah, I, I like that idea that you ended there with the unifying. Um, I don't know. I'm like, yeah, we, we got to come together. And, you know, I saw a lot of people posting, um, you know, just a lot of support and that, you know, I feel so bad, you know, I just, my heart goes out to those families, but I, I do appreciate the people that are, um, you know, coming, coming together because that's what we, I, I, I agree. We've got to come together and show, support and solidarity you know because it is a beast it is a beast it's a beast Ooh, jyra you were gonna say something yeah i kind of forgot what i was gonna say now i was after listening um but no i just want to say that it is kind of sad hearing everything that happened this is my first time hearing about it but it is sad and just crazy, you know, the things that go on in this world. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone has to be, you know, prayerful and alert. And I'm looking at it like when they stormed the Capitol, um, that to me was like, okay, we we could do anything, you know? I mean, they have we've already seen everything. Like, let's just keep it a buck like <laughs> throughout history, throughout time. But I guess I'm just thinking in terms of like 2021, you know, I saw when I saw they stormed the Capitol, I was like, oh, okay. They're, they're, to me, I looked at it like, okay, everybody's got to be on alert now um, because they're showing off, you know, that they could touch anybody. So um, I, I, I think we all, you know, everyone has to be, you know, just on, on alert um yeah but i don't know um but thanks for you know chiming in on that on that topic i know that um deja has a topic and i want to see is if her mic's working if you want to talk about your topic yeah um i was reading this article earlier today published by journal law now um, and it was about a North Carolina court that um, faced a six-year-old for plucking a tulip in North Carolina. And um, which is crazy to me because I didn't realize that the youngest age that you could be arrested there as a child was six years old and you can go to juvenile court at the age of six. Luckily, in this case, once it got in front of the judge and he realized what was going on, it was dismissed. But um, you're not considered charges when you're a delinquent. Uh, I'm sorry, not a delinquent, but when you're a minor, they're not considered charges. They're just considered complaints. So someone made a complaint on this kid that he plucked a flower and he ended up, instead of being taken to his parent, he was taken to, I guess, a court. And when the mother couldn't come, the judge realized what was going on and it got dismissed. And this article is explaining how that's a common thing most of the time kids end up in deeper shit in court because their parents aren't available to come or like they can't get off work or they don't agree with the charges because a lot of the times they are <coughs> BS and foul. So 
I just wanted to talk about that. Luckily, there are people there fighting to raise the age up to 16 and 17 so that 16 and 17 year olds aren't charged as adults either. But um, yeah, it was just crazy that this is still happening. And of course, it's disproportionate to Black people. This article also stated how men, or I'm sorry, men and boys are called most over women. And um, about half the percent of the time it's from Black children. The complaints are on Black children. 40% of the time it's on white children. And then like six or per seven, or I'm sorry, six or seven percent, it's on a Mexican or Latino child. These statistics are just wild. And I just, I don't know what else we can do about the children other than get them in programs. But how do we do that if the parents don't have time or money to get them to the programs or pick them up from the programs? You know, this is, this is basically an extension of the slave trade and yeah it's another pipeline thing yeah and it's also you know the whole private prisons thing which is what's wrong with the private prisons um and the thing is is that so here's a six-year-old right and he i don't know somebody got the bright idea that oh let me take him to the police and the court because uh He's dangerous. He shouldn't be picking the, the, the flowers. Meanwhile, let's just understand. I'm going to keep it a buck. How terrible white children are. <laughs> I just got to keep it a buck. <laughs> yeah, and this kid couldn't even sit still in court. They had to give him a coloring book and told him to draw in it just to keep him, you know, from you know looking all over the place and being a distraction during the proceedings i mean he's six. Give him a coloring book he's six yeah it's a baby i mean a baby that actually no one belongs in court ever any prison or any none of that but definitely like a little baby he's six years old he just was on a bottle or something probably okay just finished crawling and now you want to put him in a in an institution when it's like clearly you know that like that right there is a perfect example of what's wrong with the system and the fact that adults like to me the fact that adults have that type of judgment like they're the ones who actually need to be taken in right because to me that's abuse taking a baby like that to that situation that's abusive um, it is. I I'm like, wow. I, I'm going to let um, our guest or anyone else um, chime in on that topic, though. Mm, I would definitely say that's some uh, predatory behavior from uh, the higher ups. You know, again, that is a pipeline. And it's going to take some serious unification to really change some things like when do we ever get mad enough or fed up enough? for to stop these uh, predatory behaviors, you know? It's, it's like all the ways to get rich and you really got to traffic bodies. You know, that's, to me, that's another form of trafficking. You've just given yourself a license to traffic people who are vulnerable and defenseless. Something's really wrong with people that do that. They have no business being in power. 
or positions of power. It's very de degenerate behavior on high and it, it does trickle down into society, you know? So yeah, we have to uh, get mad enough to say this, we're not doing this no more. This is a change in the guard. You know, it's more than enough for everybody to have what they need on this planet. It, you don't have to, um, you don't have to be a parasite on another person to, to have what you need and what you want. You don't have to be a parasite. That's parasitic behavior. It's like cancer. I look at it like cancer, like this colonization. It's like what cancer looked like from the universe, like walking cancer. Yeah, it's, I'm like, wow. I hope, I hope something happens to those adults to be, sure. to be uh, made accountable. I mean, to me, that's abuse. It's psychological abuse, emotional abuse, um, and, and, and physical abuse, honestly. Like, they should it's never. Perversion. It's, it's a, a perversion. perversion. It's a, that's a perversion. That's a perversion. Shame on you, North Carolina. There was an instance in this article as well where they spoke about a child in school. I, I can't find the age now all of a sudden, but um, where they spoke about an autistic child that threw a pencil at a teacher and it resulted in him being... <sighs> it resulted in him getting charged with, um, felon, or with a misdemeanor assault on... Uh, like a court official or something because he acted out in court and it's just another pipeline issue yeah they don't understand autism no oh my goodness shame on you North Carolina but um, we do have some comrades in North Carolina and um, I have a comrade who just moved to North Carolina and so um, I'm hoping that we'll be seeing some more changes in North Carolina. So we'll send, we, and I want to send that little boy and his mother so much um, love and encouragement uh, in this moment for everything they're, they're, that they've just endured, you know, and some protection. That's too much. Um, but uh, so thank you, Deja, for that. And, um, and I want to get into, I want to get into you, Aisha, and to our guest. Um, but I know Brittany wanted us to, before we got into your interview, touch on astrology. And um, normally I do this astrology report, but I always tell everyone that one of the, my favorite astrologers is Aisha Ellis. And um, I wanted to get from you. Well, you know, Jaira just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Jaira. You 21-year-old grown person, you. <laughs> Happy <laughs> born day. So I wanted to get from you, um, Aisha, anything that you uh, wanted to share either about this week and what's going on with the planets. Um, I know yesterday was the first day of spring. Um, I know we're in the seat where we're ending this season of Pisces and about to move into Aries. Um, but any, any, any of that, I want to know if we could get any of that, um, you know, of your input on any, any of those. 
Okay. So I, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm ever a student. Um, I know, yes, yesterday was to me what I consider the new year, you know, happy new year. Everything is, it's time for renewal and rebirth and reawakening and blazing some new trails, which is a very, uh, characteristic of what Aries is and so I don't have a lot of fire in my chart I have like I have a north node and Sagittarius which north node is considered what you are growing into and I have um a first a couple of first house I have a mercury in the first house which is the house of Aries and my Mars is in the first house which is in the heart uh, house of Aries and Mars is the ruler of Aries as well. So it's in a natural placement. So even though I don't have a lot of fire, I have a little bit of uh, some initiative. Like I'll take the initiative to do certain things sometimes in uh, expression. So Mars just recently moved into the sign of Gemini call them the gems. So Gemini is in my 10th house, according to my natal chart, which is the, the my coordinates from when I was born. Everybody has, um, you know, your location, your date and your time. And that's how your natal chart is calculated. So in the 10th house, that's a good time. That's career. The, the 10th house is the house of Capricorn. Every sign has a house starting first with Aries, according to the traditional system. I know we had some new planets supposedly to show up and it switched everything or whatever, but I'm still rocking with the, um, the traditional at the moment because that's what still um, feels right, I'll say. So as we move into the new year, you want to start envisioning what you want your life to look like. Um, I'm big on affirmations. I'm big on writing things down in the present tense. And I have, um, have you all heard of that new moon astrology by Jan Spiller? It's a really good book that yes. tells us how to um, do your, like your 10 manifestations on the day of the new moon to propel yourself. And, and you always want to just put things in the present tense. I always I'll say like something like I'm happy. I'm so happy, thankful and grateful now that or because I or, you know, something now that I have in that frame of reference. And I, I also heard that it's also good to um, after that, follow it up like with something like I deserve to have this or it feels really great having money, residual income from several different sources to give me money while I'm sleeping. You know, things things like that, you know, to just really speak positivity and victory over your life because as we already have discussed, you know, the ways of the world will, will bring you down. So you really have to um, be vigilant and, and speak in victory over yourself and over your, your works and the things that you wanna do and, and sometimes you, you got to move away from things that you, that appear to be something that you want to, to ask for. Well, I want the highest version of this, you know, I don't just want something. I, I want to have the highest version of that. And so um, one of my recent affirmations is um, I'm irresistible to my highest good. 
because that that feels really good for me. I want what's good for me. You know what I'm saying? Not just stuff I just want. I want I want it to be good for me and I want to be good for it. I want to um, see more win-win situations. So um, going back to astrology and to me, all that kind of stuff is, is kind of, it's all kind of related. And so you kind of want to time things that you're doing based on what, what's going on with the moon. Sometimes the moon might be void course, which means you just don't try to start anything new. Um, same with a retrograde, especially Mercury. Mercury is the planet of communication, commerce, travel, short tra- short um, trips, um, computers. Like if, if, if Mercury is in retrograde, you don't want to embark on a new journey. You don't want to buy a new car, computer, phone, anything to deal with technology. That's, that's kind of a no-no. You don't want to sign contracts because you might have to go back and review it or redo it or things like that. You don't want to put nothing on the dotted line. You want to wait till after almost if you can wait like a week or two after. And, and, and that's not really a bad time. People look at it like a bad time. Yes. You really have to pay attention, but that's also a time of rejuvenation. That's also a time of relaxation. Um, reread it, you know, reimagine it, put, just put RE in front of everything and it'll be okay. Don't freak out you know, ease into whatever cycle you are, we're in, whatever the planets are doing, just ease into it. And I've just been saying everything is in divine order. So, you know, this guy got the you. you're welcome. You're welcome. Now, do y'all see why I love Aisha as my astrologer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, I know that Brittany has a litany (laughs) of questions like a whole list of things that she wanted to talk to you about I think um let's get into your interview I think what I want to do is um just to give a little grounding and then um before Brittany uh does her uh you know uh deep dive um you have a project Yes. You're working on. You have some new music that you are in the studio cooking. Um, you have a, um, a a presentation that you are doing in about a week, in exactly a week, online, um, and you have chosen to work with some great musicians to bring forth your vision. You have been manifesting this new vision. So um, before we get into everything, everything, let's just start there. Tell us about this new music and this project and this process. Okay, so uh, 2020 taught me to, uh, to get on the good foot, I'll say that. Um, it brought out a lot of, it, it brought out the resourcefulness in me, I will say that. Um, this project started because I heard a, a, um, a quote, if you will, because I've been procrastinating, I'm not gonna even deny it. I have been uh, going back and forth, like, is this the right time? And I'm nervous. Just all my whatever anxieties going through it up until this point. 
until I heard this quote, that procrastination is the arrogant assumption that you'll have the opportunity to do it again. And so I had already wrote down, I wanted to, I'm gonna write my music. I've already said that. Now the door opened for that to happen. And I, I remember writing down like, I, I do need a team. I understand that I, I don't think I will be able to pull this off by myself. <laughs> Um, not this, not, not, not right now. I'm going to need the training wheels on still a little bit. Yes, I admit. And, and so the village started gathering. Piper, you, you're always opening doors for me. So I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. I will always be forever grateful for you and to you for always opening the door and keeping a door open for me and always pushing me into spaces. Piper, you, you've been propelling me for so long to just go for it, get in it, go ahead. You're in it, hit it. <laughs> so I, I really am thankful for you for that. You know, you, you've been such a, um, I don't need, what's the right word? You've just been, you've been very um, critical. You've been very, what's that word? I'm trying to find the right word. You have been very um, important, very, very important in my development and, and in my growth as an artist and constantly putting me in those place, places and spaces to express myself. So again, thank you for that. And then with your partner's help, P. Groove, he, he's like the master magician on the, on the one and twos. When, when he goes to doing his work, he is a, a, is a master at it for sure. You had mentioned that before, 10,000 hours of doing something and it's in there. So working with you two, as masters, because you are a master too, you've been doing, you've been at this game for a long time. The team started to assemble. The door is now open and the team is here, bam. And it's like, Aisha, yes. If they say yes, you saying yes. When Mike said, yeah, come on to the studio. I'm like, what? So the studio is submerged right there on East Grand Boulevard. And so just, again, the doors was open and it was, real fast, faster than, well, it was, it was unexpected, I'll say that. And everything just fell into place for it to happen. And so um, I have been working with Pope and James Shelton, I wanna say since 2017, we were working on another project and we were getting ready for that, you know, start getting that refined and all that, getting those processes done. And then the COVID came and then everything, all the plans on the table, just we all know what happened. So I said, well, I've been working with them the last three years. Let me, let me, let me reach out to these brothers and see if they if they got some availability and some creativity to lend to the project. And so they agreed to do it and, and it worked out. I worked with also um Deshaun, who is a, a multi-instrumentalist playing sax and, and flute. John Dixon laid the, um, the first tracks keys. 
Um, but he's over there across the water. So, you know, everything is different now with the traveling and clearance and so on and so forth. And that's when I said, well, let me let me grab James and see if he's available and can lend his talents to the project. And so, again, everything just started falling into place for it to happen. And it was like, bam. And it was like I had to say yes. I was presented with the opportunity to make it happen. And it was like, why would you say no? <laughs> so I just proceeded and everything just keeps falling into place. And I'm really excited. I'm, I'm, I'm really um, proud of myself to uh, for, for going forward and not saying, I don't know. And, you know, trying, trying to find an excuse to not excel. But my spirit just was ready. You know, I want to say it was divine timing. Everything is in divine order. You know, I wasn't ready back when. And and I'm clearly ready now. And so I'm just looking forward to doing more and more and more. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to also becoming just a multi-instrumentalist as well. I'm starting to think bigger, you know, no matter what's going on out here. I don't care what they say is going down. I still have to keep my my eye on the prize of those endeavors I want to accomplish while I'm still here. You know, I'm not a spring chicken. I'm more like a midsummer, late summer chicken. But uh, yeah, I just I just decided that yeah, now is the time. It's no need to hold back anymore. You know, I give I'm giving myself more permission to just go ahead and just be myself, do what I want to do and my craft and continue loving to do it. And so I'm thankful and grateful for this opportunity and to be in this position, to be alive in this time and space. Well, I'm grateful that you are my friend and oh. you are making some great music and we're doing this project together. This is wonderful. And I'm looking forward to your uh project coming out i'm looking forward to people hearing your ideas your vision this great music that you have inside of you and i'm looking forward to your presentation that is going to be on next sunday we're going to live stream it um yes. your, your performance and i do want to say usually um we have been together with We Found Hip Hop. We have done a monthly um, showcase with our all-woman band at the Charles yeah. H. Wright. But yeah. um, due to COVID, we did not have that, you know, available to us. And so um, what we're doing is something different to us mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and um, just uh, really looking at, you know, how do we dig in and, um, you know, dig into this vision and give people something really, you know, powerful in this moment. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for people to hear what you have been doing. So, uh, yippity doo -dah. So with that, um, <laughs> I'm going to turn it over to Brittany because Brittany has a whole thing that she's prepared and um I just wanted you to talk about what you're doing now but um Brittany wants to go take you on a ride so um yeah Brittany 
What's that, Piper? I was saying you have uh, some, you know, you've prepared different questions that you wanted to ask Aisha. Well, so, yeah. I think it's super dope that the two of you guys like are still working with each other. Yay. And you have such a dynamic history, right? I think with each other, but through um, sharing so many experiences with each other, you guys have a unique perspective of Detroit. So I'd like it if you take the time to either share a story of Northwestern High School that you guys can both remember and laugh and talk about genuinely, or talk about 5E, a story, a 5E story that we, you know, we haven't heard a 5E story in a while. It'd be good to hear one from Aisha's perspective. Oh, well, so for Northwestern, that's where uh, the Festival of the Arts program was. And that was like my favorite job ever, um, besides babysitting, because that was my first job. But <laughs> be working as a musician, being a working musician and putting on productions, like was it every week or every two weeks um, at Heart Plaza? Like that was, um, it was amazing for me. I would be, that was probably one of the first jobs that I was always going to be early to because <laughs> I love I loved it so much however I did face challenges because I'm a drummer and so a lot of the uh, a lot of the guys would be um trying not to let me get on the drums and it's like no B I do this the same way you do this I do this and so it had got to a point where I'm like, well, you know, drumming ain't the only thing I do. Like, oh, I can't, you know, skip on over to the dance part and go ahead and dance because I do that too. You know, I'm not, I'm, we're so multidimensional. Many people are multidimensional. And so I think that was, um, I just, that's when I understood that I have to make sure I'm using all of those talents because people are a trip. You know, but I still made sure that I got on them drums. I went back to the uh, music. Like, I still, I don't know the routine. And, you know, I ain't, I ain't been here long enough to know the routine. <laughs> she let me dance in the back, but I, I don't quite got the whole routine. They've been doing this way too long. And um, so I went back to the music department and I was, I, that's when I made up my mind. Like, I don't care what they say. Like, we're going to have to take it to, to, to whoever you know, whoever the authorities are over this, because I'm not stopping. I'm not going to stop. I'm, I'm not going to quit. And that was my thing. Like drums was, is, has always been um, my lifeline. I had made up my mind that no matter what happened, I was going to stick to playing drums because that's, that's what makes, that, that's one of the things that makes me most happy being an artist, expression, playing music, song, and dance are important to me. So, and definitely that was one of my experiences at Northwestern. And one of my teachers, you know, he wouldn't even let me in the band yet. Cause when I went to Northwestern, I told him I wanted to play the drums. And he was like, mm, do you have a drum set at home? And I was like, no, but I did play in middle school. He was like, well, come back when you get a drum set because you got to play the drum set in, in this class. And when I tell you, I, I ask for drums every day. I would get other stuff like earrings or something. I'm like, I don't want them. I need the drums. I need them. And so being at Northwestern taught me that you got you to gotta fight for what you want and you stick to your guns 
And I stuck with it, you know, even more so than just being famous or whatever. That's my therapy. Like I, I had to understand that drums is my therapy. It's not just, oh, I, I play the drums and I want to be famous. I want to do these great songs. That's cool. However, I understood that that's my therapy. Like I might go to jail or something if I can't play the drums. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, yeah. So that's some of my experiences at Northwestern and being a festival of the arts. Well, um, Aisha, talk about who your teachers were because they weren't no slouches. <laughs> oh man, my teachers were musically Dr. Ernie Rogers. Dr. Teddy Harris, Kim Weston. Um, yeah, but these are these millennials and Gen Z. They don't know who they who any of them are. Okay, so Dr. Ernie Rogers and Dr. Teddy Harris, they were part of a jazz group as well. They were they were like performing teachers. So they were part of the jazz masters. The jazz masters went throughout the world and traveled. They brought a lot of the Detroit sound. And as a matter of fact, the Detroit sound and jazz became quite, it became quite known throughout the world. The way we, the way we do it, you know, in, in Michigan. And so that sound became part of um, the fabric that became part of the book that became part of the foundation and structure for music up till now and, and beyond, I'm sure. So they laid a lot of foundations musically, you know, everybody, um, what one thing I did see and learn is that I don't care where you from, everybody got to come F with the D on that music tip. Whatever soul or whatever piece to the puzzle in this big pool of, of artistic expression, you have to come and get that, that puzzle piece from, from Detroit as well. You have to. And I, I just feel blessed to, um, to be a part of it, to have been able to, to be in those spaces and places to help develop me and give me that resolve as a musician. Because even though I might not have looked for stardom per se, um, I did like being in a good juke joint jam session um, and just playing off the top. That's one, oh, that's one thing that learning up under those, those musicians, those jazz masters, they taught you how to improvise and just get up there and go. That, that was what we were taught. You don't don't you don't shriek or or hide in the corner. You sit up front and be like, I'm gonna get on them, I'm gonna get on that and be ready. And even if you mess up, you you stick with it. You don't you don't tell on yourself. That's what Mr. Rogers would say. He would say, Don't tell on yourself. If you mess up, they don't know that they don't read this music, they're not playing what you plan. So you don't tell on yourself if you if you messed up, you don't let them know, oh, I gotta start over. No. You keep at it and you make the mistake part of the music. That's yeah. And also, it's too. so funny you say that because I saw this Herbie Hancock interview recently from the 90s where he was talking about this session where Miles Davis asked him to play for him and he was already floored because Miles Davis chose him, but then he messed up and Miles made his mistake a part of a part of the song and and Herbie was like beating himself up about it for like a minute to the point that he stopped playing but then Miles made it work and he was just in amazement 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's taken that lesson throughout life. You just got to make it work. You got to make it work because you're really not making a mistake. You know, the mistake you think you're making could be the very thing that saves the world or, you know what I'm saying? Keep some, someone alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And, and also too, the uh, whole institution of the festival, of the arts was, you know, the brainchild, like you said, of Kim Weston, who is of the Motown um, pantheon, you know, she sang with Marvin Gaye and others, and she brought the machine of the Motown uh, way of doing things, which is, which became the way the world, uh, the whole music business took from what Barry Gordy created, and she brought that to us, and so we learned with all the folks who made all the Motown music and we learned how that machine runs and all of us today have that very specific training from those same people who created Motown um that's a very important legacy um that you know for me I really value in in all my festival relationships like you and others you know those are like my closest relationships in life you know, we, we, we did a lot together. We would rehearse, we would have fun, but then we also went to school together and, you know, we have a lot of similarity, um, and in common. And I know, um, I've, I've told Brittany countless times how much, you know, I admire you and look up to you and appreciate you. And I'm a fan and, you know, uh, Brittany is just, uh, (laughs) Like, oh, I want to when I talk to Aisha, I wanna I wanna hear about this or that, you know. So um this like a whole nother generation, you know, learning about, you know, your greatness, you know. So I'm excited for this as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited that I'm st- I still wanna play the drums. You know, you see a lot of times people give up, you know, but you also see people ride it till the wheels fall off till they die. Like, I might, I want to dab drumsticks in my hand, <laughs> you know, because it just means that much to you, you know. Um, my father was very supportive. I w- he, he wouldn't interrupt me. He would just come downstairs in the basement and look at me while I'm playing and he'll shake his head. He'll shake his head, yep, and he'll go back upstairs. But he would let me know that you own a something, kid. So I would, I would get, you know, I got a lot of support. I did have a cutoff time. You got to practice before eight o'clock, before the Cosby show come on. Cause my siblings, when I would go, when I would be longer, they'd be like, the Cosby show on. And I had to stop. But I just made up my mind that this is one of the things that make me ha- makes me so happy. And what I would like to say to you all as younger people, younger individuals, young adults, if you love something, you better stick to that thing because it very well may be your therapy. You know, I've had traumas that I haven't been able to really get any therapy, even when I reached out, not for real, no therapy for real. And it's like, you know what? This is therapy. This makes me happy. And it helps me find that happy place and get into that good space again, because now I'm finding reasons to be thankful. 
And being thankful and grateful is another way to call success and prosperity to you. Now I'm happy that my hands work and I got finger, my fingers work, you know, they still made well. So I'm finding ways to be grateful, to bring me out of whatever state I was in that wasn't making me feel so good. When I do what I love and do things that I love, like I also love making a nice meal with, for my children and they, they say, thank you, mama. They be like, yes, she did that thing in that kitchen on them biscuits. And they are appreciative and they, they express that, you know, that makes me feel good to, to be intentional. I guess that would be, that would be a good way to say it, being more intentional and being intentional about expressing my talents. This, this project is helping me to be more intentional about expressing my talents and being grateful for the talents that have been given to me. Mm -hmm. And you also, um, in addition to being, you know, a drummer, you're also a percussionist. You yes. know, and you know about these different percussion instruments. Can you speak a bit more about, um, you know, being a percussion, a percussionist? Well, being a percussionist is like coloring, coloring, you know, you color in all the details of the picture. You help and create more of the picture or it's like adding seasoning, <laughs> more seasoning to the food. You got the salt and pepper, but now you got the smoked paprika. Now you add the lemon pepper. Now you add some turmeric and some curry. You know, now you add more things to, to give it a more vivid picture. You giving it a more vivid sound. You helping the brain. You know, you help a person think. Music helps you think. All those different sounds and, and, and ups and downs and soft and hot, you know, soft and hard. It, it gives, it makes your brain, stim it stimulates your brain. You know, you can take a journey in your head listening to some, some excellent music and percussions help make the music more tasty in a lot of ways. One of my favorite mm -hmm. percussions is the Viber Slap or they call it the Donkey Teeth. <laughs> The old school call it the donkey teeth. So. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, anyone that has ever, well, first of all, anyone I've told that I'm working with you just gets excited. But, oh, but anyone that has ever seen you play is mesmerized by your talent. You know, you play jazz, you play funk, you play soul, you can play rock. You could play country, you know, R&B, like classical. You can play everything. Um, and you play it well. And you play it with all of your heart and soul. And you can just tell that you really love, you know, playing. And you're so imaginative. And anyone that's ever been to any one of your shows um is just blown away right thank you piper no i'm serious like everyone goes cuckoo cuckoo for aisha cocoa puffs <laughs> but um i wanted to you know i know Brittany wanted to ask you about 5e but i just want to stay on the music just a little bit more and um could you just give us um 
a bit more about your, you know, your training, because you said before, you know, you, you, uh, you learn at festival. I know you went to college for uh, music as well. I know you studied um, after college with different people, but could you speak just a bit more about your, um, your training? Absolutely. Um, I'll go even before that. I will say I went to, I started studying at the Detroit drum school, which was actually right there on uh, Greenfield at Seven Mile. It's, it's the Introvest. Now it was right next to the Introvest. And that was under the instruction of uh, Charlie Bannister. And I also, one of my, my mother's boyfriends, he was a drummer. He used to be a, a drummer with the emotions. He took me under his wing as well. So by the time I got in band, I was kind of locked and loaded. Like, look, I got my timing. You know, they my where I won a lot of the time is timing. And that's really the drummer's job. Your job is really to keep the time. You're driving the bus. You know, you got to keep everybody on the one. Now you can do a little something, but my strong my strongest point was I said, I got to stick to the main job at hand. I'll get fancy later, but let's stick to the main job at hand. And that's keeping everything on the one. Because if, I don't care if you brew all over the place, that's cool. Sound all right. But when, when you stop doing all of that and it's time to play the, 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 the bars, are you going to be able to keep everybody on the one? And everybody don't do that. So that was one of the strong points I had, was able to keep everybody on that one keeping keeping good timing. So at the Detroit Drum School, I had quite a few teachers. Gaylan McKinney was one of the instructors. She taught me quite a few things. Uh, Monique Reynolds, she was one of the instructors. Um, wow. uh, Jabari Kersey, he was one of the instructors. And if we had another one, start with a K. His name was right on the tip of my tongue, and I, I'm sorry, I, I can see his face, but I cannot his name. So the, I've had so many drum teachers to really um, give me a lot of great input. You know what I'm saying? Like things like that Gaylan taught me. You know, she's so rock solid, and she's awesome. You know, so I, I have quite a few people to look up to um, that has touched me in my life to help me pursue my craft and to make it better and better they all help put something in me that helped my craft get better and better and so, I know Galen she's from the legendary uh, McKinney family oh yeah yes I was in her father's jab and bread oh my goodness so this was like later um like right after college I joined Harold McKinney's jam and bread and we would be at the Serengeti ballroom on Woodward near Temple and we would we would study jazz and and I would stay over sometimes and he would he would just push me he'll be on that piano and he'll be like go push play and he, he would be pushing me to um open up my ear as, when it comes to jazz because it's so much improvisation when it comes to jazz and yeah get off the beat but get back on the beat you know what I'm saying when it came to to the jazz and so, I, I mean, I learned a lot. They put a lot in me. They put a lot in me. Yeah, you can hear. You can just hear the influences. Um, and yeah, I mean, but then when you went to college, 
um what like where were you studying i went to langston university um i actually got a uh, aretha franklin scholarship it was a partial scholarship but um it was an aretha franklin scholarship i was so excited that the queen blessed me with with some rations so i could get to college um and when I went to college, I became a music performance major. That was my major. And- Oh, wait, hold up. Just so people understand, it wasn't just the scholarship that was named after Aretha Franklin. Like help folks understand that, you know, she actually was like giving you, like it was actually her giving you the money. <laughs> no, it was a scholarship. I, 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 I actually, I couldn't make it because, I couldn't make it to the scholarship um, to the presentation because I had a foot injury. I had stepped on glass and I was, I was on crutches. It was bad. Um, so my mom had to go. So I, I didn't even get a chance to go to the ceremony. My mom had to go for me. And um, it was like Olita Adams there. Olita was um, also a great singer from like the nineties. She, I don't, I don't know where Miss Olita Adams is but she was one of my favorite voices. She had one of the best voices out there. Um, yeah, so Aretha Frank, yeah, she was an, it was an Aretha Franklin scholarship as far as I know. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to, to attend the ceremony to see all the happenings because I was laid up with a foot injury. Yeah, yeah, she does it, she does it at, at her home. Well, she's passed now, uh, rest in power, but she, but that money actually, she would actually give that money. So that wow. actually came, you know, like from her. Wow. Yeah. I love it. I appreciate it. That was, that was some serious legacy right there, you know, that I didn't even get a chance to meet her, but she really touched my life and, and got me to college. So, so I could pursue it, pursue music on a, on a higher level. Um, I will say that at the time, unfortunately, that school really wasn't, a musical college, even though they did have a music program, it was more of an agricultural college, which is so funny because uh, I got into agriculture later in life, you know, which is something I love. There is no culture without agriculture. So, yeah. Yeah. So um, this is really exciting. I So, and then... I'm getting us on the road to 5E, but there's a bunch of stuff that happened before then. You know, you were in, uh, you played with so many people. You were in a band, Lola Valley, which is an all-woman band. You uh, you currently and have been playing with Molly Wop, and you've played with so many people. Could you talk about your... I'd say like performance and maybe your um, apprenticeship, you know, experience like before uh, 5E. Oh, yeah. So I um, started with, I want to say Lola Valley in like 2002. And we, we had a run of about, I want to say eight years or so. And um, once the band just disbanded, a, a group of us still remain, but then we morphed into Yen, which was, which became the house band at 5E Gallery. And we would practice with uh, um, 
one of the ladies in hip hop, like Miss Perona or D Essence or um, Hogany Jones. And then we would do a set on the, the night at 5B. I think that was like a two, was that a Tuesday or something? Yep, it was Tuesday. It was on Tuesdays. And so we would rock. Um, and, and I will say Lola Valley was one of the top bands in Detroit. You know, we really had a great sound. Um, I, Emily had played some um, some of our, our music like from years ago. And I'm like, dang, that was, <laughs> I was like, wow. You know, sometimes you when you hear yourself later, it's like, what? We were we were doing a thing. So it was it was really good to kind of hear some of that stuff because that was back, you know, music on hard drives before we really got into the age of technology with the music, you know. Um yeah, that was um it was a good time musically. And, and sometimes not so great when it came to the recording because certain things won't be able to be played on different gadgets. You know what I'm saying? And so, so after Lola Valley, let me see, we did Yen. I want to say that might've been like three years. And then we, we also, we toured with like One Below. We did, um, we just were, we were just some everywhere. And then after Yen separated, where did that go? I think I was somewhere everywhere. I worked with like Urban Organics with Drake Pfeiffer. We did a a set. We it was some. I worked with I worked with Black Women Rock with Jessica Care Moore's production, and of course the Women in Hip Hop, where we do our presentation, and that's the first Sunday in in March. Isn't that right? This is for, yeah, first Sunday I think in March. Yeah, that's usually the date, and so. That those are um that I've just been kept going and going. I was working with, like I said, Pope and James Shelton. And William Pope is his name, by the way. We call him Pope. He's William Pope, and he's the bass player and for this project currently. And so yeah, I, I worked with late Nubians, did some travels with them. Um, I traveled to Kathmandu with Mahogany. She was my first international gig. So I was, I'm really, I was really grateful for that experience. And I've been playing with some everybody, Paul Lamb. We, Paul Lamb, we didn't do our actual show. We did get a chance to do a showcase in, at Dime for like the EPK. And then the COVIDs, the COVID hit, shut that down. So oh, I've been doing some of everything. I've done, um, I've got some grants through Kresge. I've won the Gilda Snowden Award, which was awesome. Um, I did create a production that following, you know, the next, was that? Hmm. Yeah, the next year for RxD. Um, and I was awarded with that award and I created a, a project that I would really love to see um, go across the world, but I definitely want to um, do it in Michigan too. Um, it's called Beautiful Places and Freedom Spaces. And that's a, that's a multifaceted project where you have um, spoken word with a live band. You have uh, someone doing demonstrations for survival skills. Uh, so I'm, I'm working to combine that into like edutainment like not only are you being entertained but you're learning something that you really might need to know 
later on or whenever, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, I know when we were, you know, doing 5E, I remember, uh, so I, so initially, this was what, like 2009, um, I had started the night, the first night I did it was Cinco de Mayo, which was what, like 5th of May or whatever, and um, it was pretty dead, like, I mean, I'll, I'll, you know, it was, you know, people were like, oh, it's going to fail, you know, like, no one's going to show up, and um, it was literally a couple of the B-boys and B-girls, it was some of the graffiti artists, youth, it was a um, couple of MCs and a couple of DJs, and I want to say it was probably like 30 people. We burst a pinata and, um, you know, everyone was like, oh, it was only 30 people here. But for me, I was like, nah, I see the potential. I see the potential, you know. And for folks who don't know, that was our, uh, an idea to do a weekly no misogyny open mic. It lasted about five years. But during this first year after that, we did a couple more and um, and then I think almost immediately um, as we, we did about three, we did about two or three and then we would have like an open mic and it was like just an open dance floor and open DJ decks and then people doing art. So it was just like an open space for everybody to just be creative. And after we did about two or three, we were like, okay, we want to, you know, beef this up a bit and make it cool and we were like okay well it'd be cool to have you know an all-woman band and that's when folks were like oh well we should get Lola Valley and I remember um we asked like can we get Lola Valley and y'all were like well we broke up we're not Lola Valley anymore (laughs) and everybody was like oh so that's when we uh met we agreed to meet I think in Emily's basement and it was kind of a configuration of Lola Valley and folks are like well we don't want to call ourselves Lola Valley and I remember we were trying to think of a name and I think we all all together were like coming up with all these different names and we and we decided on Yin and everybody was like yeah and Yin was amazing and um yeah Yin was just amazing and I always describe it as like, like the roots, um, except y'all would play the samples, like y'all would, you know, play the samples that people hear, but y'all would actually play them live. And then the MCs, you know, could choose, like y'all would learn X amount of music, you know, and, and y'all would play the original, you know, from the sample, I should say, mm-hmm. and folks could choose and, you know, then then we eventually started pairing MCs and they'd be like, well, I'm going to feature. And then we would have rehearsals and blah, blah, blah. And then we would feature Yin. And so um, I don't know if you want to speak to, for me, that whole process was like super exciting because it was just really great to have y'all, you know, work with y'all and have y'all feature and then to see y'all, you know, traveling and, and being, you know, uh, you know, just developing, you know, and everything. And um, I don't know if you want to speak to, because uh, Brittany wants to know, 
from your perspective, like your experience, like, you know, with 5e, you know, as, as a musician and, and, and as our, as our house band, as you say. I would say it, it was definitely, um, it was a multitude of things. It was definitely exciting. It was a little um, intimidating, you know, um, because we were starting to get into a more urban space. We were more so in that rocker kind of space. And even though people, people all kinds came, you know what I'm saying? Just like we, we, one of our big spots was a lot of time Fifth Avenue. Now Fifth Avenue is not here anymore. I don't even know if they're still in like Royal Oak or anything, but that was one of the spots that we played at a lot. A really, really cool bar, you know. Um, I would say that it was kind of, it, it was definitely exciting because we, we would see some of the like, the, the big wig rappers from the D come and check out our sets and she'd be like, oh, shit, my voice right now. And be, oh, I... <laughs> so it was like they're in the building, you know? So that was very exciting to see um, some heavy hitters come checking us out and, you know. You know um, they were coming to check y'all out because uh, remember, yeah, Royce used to come, Royce the 5-9 used to come. Yeah, LA, like all these guys, all the you know the, the guys from Slum Village, like yeah, all these guys was, used to come. If you actually, yeah, they used to stand in the back and try to act so. Danny Brown, remember how they all used to come every week? I mean, every month when y'all would be yeah. featuring and be standing, you know, being cool. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was that was very. It was very surreal, you know. To um, to and it was very. It was a big honor, you know. It let me know that I'm doing something right. We're we're doing something right. If if these folks came out to to come okay. check us out, you know, so that was um it was very humbling, you know. So um, five E was so it was such a to me it was really magical. But even though when you have something so great, you still have you know forces of destruction that just can't stand to see the joy and the victory the <laughs> last but 5e was really magical for a lot of places and for um, a lot of reasons rather I loved when uh, 5e would be hosting Dilla Day because it just seems it was it was so homegrown you know it was mm -hmm. so the authenticity and the 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 rawness it was just you know it was just black excellence I, I loved it so Five E was it, it will it will always have a place in my heart, even though you had some folks trying to sneak some misogyny in there every now and again, and they had to pull a mic like, "Yo, this is not that. We not we don't do that here," and just helping to bring a culture of showing women more respect. You know, be be respectful. You come from a woman. Be respectful. You know, unlearn this porno training that you have been taught. Because it's detrimental. It's detrimental to you. It's detrimental to the woman. It's detrimental to society. So I, I really appreciate it. It felt like a safer space for, for some, some, some guys to understand that this is not what you do here. And, you know, you can't, you can't treat a woman like she's immoral when you're willing to do the immoral, uh, you know, right along too. Because there's this, there's this, um, 
this myth that like only God must only see a woman's um, faults when she's being unvirtuous. Yes, it's weird, but um, yeah. So five D was a it was a great experience. It was a great journey. That was a it was magical. It was very magical. That's all I. It was a very magical journey. And you know what? People's heads would be cracked, wouldn't they? Ooh. When they would see y'all and y'all would play, you know, some of those, um, you know, cuts and uh, some of the standards or, you know, or whatever, right? Like some funk, some jazz, some soul. And people's heads would just crack because they'd be like, wow, they're amazing, you know? They're doing that. Every time y'all would come, like that's when it would, that's when everyone would come. When 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 y'all would be there, they'd be like, "When is the band gonna be there again?" And we'd be like, "Wow!" So that's what, so people were coming, you know, because they wanted to see this all woman band that was like cracking heads. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And then the MCs, then the women MCs would go over it and crack everybody over the head, and it would be like, "Wow." Yeah, it was the real deal, Holy Field. Mm-hmm. It was it was good times for sure because that was a space where you just you, it, it was a very powerful it was a empowering space to be in, you know you felt I you, I felt very sure of myself definitely in those times you know it it felt really good yeah. And I'm wondering, um, Brittany, did you have more questions? I don't have any particular questions. Um, I'm just listening, soaking everything in. Oh, okay. Um, did you have questions, Deja? Um, I just wanted to know who your favorite jazz drummer is. And it doesn't have to be of all time. It could be like right now or I'm just curious who you like currently. <laughs> I, it's so funny because I don't even know all of these people. <laughs> well, what are you listening to? Oh, man. I listen to some of everything, Deja. Yeah. To be honest, like Art Blakey is one of my favorite drummers. Um, Elvin mm-hmm. Jones is always going to be one of my favorite drummers. Um, Terry Lynn Carrington, she's one of my favorite drummers. Um, I listen to whatever sounds good. I listen to, I love Afrobeat. Because um, I, I blend it all in. To me, it, you blend it all in. It's uh, Make a gumbo. Yeah. I, did a, I just did a set recently at 90. And, excuse me, sorry about that alarm. Um, but I mix it all up. It's all in the soup. So I would have to say mm-hmm. um, I have quite a few favorites and, you know, I have a quite a few favorites. I just, I don't have any one particular one. Um, what's her, uh, Cindy. Cindy's one of my favorite drummers. She's, she's bad. She used to play with Lenny Kravitz, you know? Yeah, I know. And I figured, I thought that was who you might be talking about. That's the only Cindy I could think of. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And Sheila E. Really, when I I remember being 12 years old, being called down the stairs and they were like, look, and and it was the first time I had saw Sheila E. And I was like, Mm -hmm. she is enjoying her whole life. Yeah, my mom used to make me watch Sheila E. 
assets whenever she was on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that was um, my biggest one of my biggest inspirations was her because that was before I started even really. Well, I played in junior high school, like, but I only played the snare drum or the bass drum, or you know, what I'm saying it was like a separate mm-hmm. drum. It wasn't the whole. But when I went to the Detroit Drum School under Charlie Bannister. That's where I started to learn more about independence and help, helping my limbs become independent of one another. That's when you really, really getting it really good. And um, it's so crazy. I was shy away from the electronics because I needed the physicality. You know, I needed the movement. I needed something that was going to help me get tired. I was, I was always the child in the house that, um, um, it was hard to get me settled. I probably would have been diagnosed with ADD, but they never, you know, I never had that situation. But I always had to be doing something, even moving. I was that child that'd be rocking. They're like, yo, baby, rocking. She all right. Yeah. <laughs> rocking and humming. I, I had to rock and hum. They really did think I, I rode the yellow bus. No, no offense to anybody on the yellow bus, though, but they thought I was of a special variety and um, but I had, I was always, it was always sounds in my head. Like I couldn't escape the sounds. And so it was like, you got to express them. But I, I just, I like so many drummers. I like so many drummers. Some, I don't even know their name. I'm like, that one, what's the one that do the, yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I have so many, I, I don't limit myself, you know, whoever sounds good and it makes my spirit soar. That's who I'm rocking with. Yeah, and you, um, Deja, you um, just came out with your project um, February the 7th on Dilla Day mm-hmm. with your music production. Congratulations. Thank yeah. you. And it's really fun. It's a really fun, cool project, Aisha. Um, well, I'm looking forward to hearing it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And so um, I'm wondering if either Jaira or Brittany or even you, Deja, have um, any any more questions for Aisha. Um, I can't think of any. I've, I've soaked up all the music conversation, so I think I'm good on that end. Yeah. Um, you know, and Aisha, she's been talking about her kids, but She's a mom, she's a sister, she's a daughter. Um, she's beloved in the community. We didn't even touch on her um, her other aspects. I wanted to know if we could just touch on that a little bit, Aisha, about your life as a farmer and herbalist. Can you speak about those other parts of yourself? And sure, Aisha, sure. can I, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut off, uh, mm-hmm. but Aisha, I was wondering once you get done kind of, you know, sharing with our listeners, your experience in herbs, any good tips as we move into the spring, everyone celebrated a new year yesterday. So any herbs as the weather's changing that you think are good for us to intake, I'd love to hear about it. Okay. Um, I definitely think that people should get some black walnut in their systems to help, um, it's like an anti-vermin. It helps with worms and, you know, things that like to live in you. <laughs> so 
So you want to kind of shake up their cozy spaces. I would definitely um, say people should start their cleansing too. Since we are in the new year, we you want to start doing more cleansings. Um, some people can do, um, what's that, Casca Sagrada and, and Senna. Some, uh, those are kind of rough for me. Um, so you can also do, let's see. I would do alfalfa because that, that has a lot of minerals in it. Alfalfa is really good, especially if you're um, doing a lot of work and you, you end up sore. Do, do a lot of alfalfa. Do milk thistle to help cleanse your liver and your skin is um, connected to the, the um, liver. Every organ has another part of the body that it also resonates with or have those similar meridians. So definitely you want to get your liver together and also um, be mindful of anger because anger affects your liver too. Anger and stress, all those, all those type of emotions, they affect your body. Um, I find myself tense a lot. I have to tell myself to relax my shoulders. So herbs that help me relax are oat straw, which is also a very nutritious herb. Uh, lemon balm, those are nervings that help your nervous system relax. And so life's, life's uh, trials and tribulations will have you on some high anxiety type stuff. And I'm not big on taking um, medication because I've, I've worked in, in the medical field thinking that I would become a doctor at one point in time. I said, no, that's not the route to go. You got to go with the things that come off the earth from what I've seen. I've gotten the best results in my body for uh, different afflictions by using herbs and switching up the diet. Yeah, my, my diet, my, my, actually my appetite just kind of shifted another gear where I'm not as hungry as I was or, or something. And it's like, okay, one meal a day or in some fruit or something is like been, been sufficing. And as, and because growing up, I will say I was exposed to eating a lot of junk food. My father did allow it. He allowed me to do all the fuckery. Pardon my French. I'm talking about hot Cheetos, a uh, penny candy store. Back in my day, you can get a, a hundred pieces of candy for a dollar. Okay. So you eat, I'm eating on candy all day. So I did a lot of damage to my intestinal tract early in the game. And so now I've found ways to um, help alleviate that, making sure I get my acidophilus in. So my stomach, you know, you want 80, 20, 80% good bacteria, uh, bacteria to the 20% bad. So you definitely, um, you got to be drinking that water. Um, a lot of stuff is just basic housekeeping. Drink your water. I go to bed drinking water. I wake up drinking water. You know, because being ashy on the inside will cause you to have constipation. And then you'll definitely be needing a herb to help push that through. But definitely get the black walnut. I also would um, advise for peppermint and peppermint oil, essential oil, and eucalyptus essential oil. Those are things that help with your respiratory system. Um, back last year, I kept those and I would... Um, have the pot, I would have a pot of water. I will put my essential oils in there to just be diffusing throughout the house all day. Um, let me see what another good one is. Um, for women, you need the female herbs. You need your raspberry leaf, 
uh, the Dong Kwai and Damiana are very good herbs, especially women in the childbearing years who have rough cycles. Those are your friends. I remember being younger. I remember being younger and having those very bad cramps. You know, a lot of us, but if you're eating those, that junk food, though, that makes your, your situation worse. And so you want to always have raspberry leaf tea on deck for sure. Even if you don't have the Damiana or the Don Quai, make sure you have raspberry leaf tea. Uh, use raw honey, use lemon, and it's, it's going to make a, it's, your life will change um, with these herbs. Definitely use your soursop leaves. Um, and can you talk about, um, did you want to touch on your products that you're doing? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So last year, you know, 2020, you, you was either being resourceful or recuperating or whatever, but last, last we were, we were doing probably all of that. So I had kicked a wall a couple of years back and I, I didn't break my toe, but I did crack it. And I also heard it again, doing some yoga headstand situation. So it was like, I got a download from source and it was like, you're going to take some castor oil. You're going to take arnica, lavender, frankincense, cedarwood essential oil. You're going to put X amount of drops in. I, I was literally downloaded with this recipe for a muscle and joint rub. And that was initially what it was. And then folks I would I would you know let people try it and then some folks was like girl I had cut myself and then I put some of that slick on it and then that's when it also became a skin product too so it's muscle joints and skin issues um I have two sizes I have a two ounce twenty dollar bottle and a ten out a one ounce ten dollar bottle um, I have a young lady who buys it for her grandmother who gets um, those diabetic ulcers on her legs. And she said her grandmother uses it and it's been helping her out a lot. So I'm, I'm just excited. You know, the name of the product is called Detroit Slick and I sell it directly. Um, I take orders. You can hit me up on Messenger. I'm Aisha Ellis. You can my my Instagram is 313 slick me. And it's just like it's spelled 313 slick me. Yeah, and it, it works. <laughs> yes, it does. It works. People were uh we went on our retreat. Aisha went, you know, Brittany's always raving about the women in hip hop retreat we went on in Idlewild, which we will bring back as yeah. soon as the COVID is over. But um Aisha brought some of the, the her product and everyone on the retreat was uh, chasing her around Idlewild trying to get some <laughs> yeah. product. And they even followed you back here when we got back to Detroit. Like, hey, yeah. where is this product? So this is amazing. It comes in a beautiful copper bottle and we know copper is like yeah. the energy conductor so and that's the two ounce yeah. bottle the, the the one ounce is the, the amber bottle mm -hmm. and that's the dark colored bottle to keep everything you know fresh and whatnot mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. and you're also a farmer yes I, I i worked at d town farms for about five years as a farm hand and basically what that entailed was 
you had to prepare the land to get ready for planting and and some and it was very strenuous you know you would have to clear out a lot of bushes or old crops and you had to pull them up then you'd have to uh get like the what's that something to my tongue but you break up the it's almost like tilling by hand you're breaking up the soil then you got to make sure the soil is broke down good then you got to cover it with compost and then you then you measure you follow what the seed pack says basically and then you figure out how many rows of this am I growing so say you're growing some spinach you plant spinach fairly close together you can thin it out after a while once it starts coming out um, and that's a that's a quick easy crop to start and I'll, I'll be growing some spinach and kale. I'm growing, I'm getting ready to um, start my backyard garden. Um, last year was my first time have, getting a backyard garden, which was very exciting for me. And I'm gonna tell y'all the food that grows in your backyard or by your house is some of the best tasting food you'll ever get. And it's, it's crazy, but that's why they say eat locally grown food, because those are the foods that have the nutrients that you need for the area that you live in, not blueberries coming away from Arkansas or somewhere else. You need the food, you need your food to grow near you so you can be exposed to the nutrients that are available in this area. I don't know, you know, if that makes sense to anybody, but yeah, you need to have your lo your food grown locally. So you can have access to the nutrients in your local area. Yeah, and you came and helped me install yeah. my garden yes. last year. Yeah, you know, Aisha came with her beautiful sun hat and just <laughs> looking all radiant, and came ready to put that work in. Yeah. <laughs> and That's what we've been doing. We got a yeah. like, like gorilla gardening, like you get a crew of folks to help establish the garden so people can become more self-sufficient. You know, this, this created codependency that we have in, in where we are in a lot of uh, Western countries or developed countries, you know, they create this fake dependency and it's necessary for us to understand that, you know, God bless the child that's got their own. So you have to be mindful about I'm going to grow my own food. I'm not going to keep spending my money for bell peppers grown in Cali. I don't live in Cali. So, and again, the food that you grow in your yard, isn't it delicious? It's so delicious. And you can feel the energy too. Like yes. I feel a difference in my energy. I have like way more energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this is exciting. And just, and before we go, uh, um, I definitely want to shout out Amari and Amanye, but um, can you just talk about them a little bit? Yes, yeah, yeah, is laid up with her legs on me now. <laughs> uh, so Amari is my son. He's my twenty-year-old. He'll he'll be soon to be twenty-one uh, in six months, and Amanye is my soon to be fifteen-year-old daughter. So Amari, uh, he's also a musician. He's a trumpet player. And he's also an MC, and he makes his music as well. And he's just, he's my, he's been a little man. He's always been very mature. He's always been very well-mannered and just, he's just, he's the guy. That's my dude. That's one of my rocks. And 
Yay is my sweet baby girl. <laughs> she she gives me a hard time sometimes, but she's she's really sweet. Um, I've always wanted to homeschool. Amanya has had more of opportunity to homeschool than Imari. I definitely wanted to homeschool him because I just knew school was just gonna kill his little spirit, you know. And 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 the same with her. I didn't know that Amanie needed glasses for basically all of her life. And so we had a hiccup in school. And I'm like, well, they're just letting my baby fall through the cracks. They're not addressing anything. Remember back in the day, like they would come, to the, the, the dentist would come to the school and the eye doctor would come to the school. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I just felt really bad that I had missed it. You know, I missed that cue to... Um, get her eyes checked out until my sister one day she was like you need to have yeah yeah's eyes looked at I'm like huh I'm like that might be it and then we went to the eye doctor and that baby was blind I was like this girl been blind since <laughs> she's been born and she put the when he gave her the prescription for the glasses she was like mama I can read that word on the wall and that's when I really realized I was like she could not see the board this girl never could see the board so I was, I was kind of, I was, I was really in a place at that moment. Cause I'm like, wow, all of this time, I, I just thought she wasn't doing her schoolwork, but at the same time, you know, the curriculum at the school was very, um, I, I started seeing that it was turning into something that I wasn't interested in. And that was, that was one of the main reasons why I took her out too. It was like, not only could this girl been blind, but now she she blind and learning wrong information. Oh no, we're not gonna be able to do this. And so I, I pulled her on out. And so yeah, I think um I like her better now that she's not even in those schools. <laughs> yeah, remember Armani used to be a little feisty there. <laughs> she was thug. She was magnificent back when she was younger. Yes, she's not she's not like that anymore. But she is a sassy teenager, however. But uh, she was very thugnificent when when she was younger. <laughs> it was a bit much. It was like I'm going. I'm not feeding you tonight if we go keep this up. You will be sucking spit for dinner. No, <laughs> no. But she's she's incredible, and uh, oh, Mari's incredible, and, and they, they support you. Origami. Oh, yeah, they, really? They, Oh, she is a beast with origami. Listen, I'm, I'm, we're going to um, start working, seeing about getting her some type of business or something. But she is a G with, with the origami. I Ooh, love I it. I love it. I love it. And she's always been hand-eye coordinated. So she's got that Gemini moon. And, and so Gemini rules the nervous system and the arms and, and the um, limbs. Mm. And yeah communication and all that jazz and that that explained why she would always feel like she had to have the last word when she was little because that gemini moon like she got to talk about it what's her sign hmm what's her sun sign i have a gemini moon too that's funny (laughs) so her sun (laughs) sign she's um actually a cancer on the cusp she's a cuspy she's july 21st so she's on the cusp of cancer and leo and she does have a leo rising oh okay cool mm-hmm. but she's a um yeah she's a cancer for the most part and she's very she's very much a homebody which is awesome 
So she's not us running out here in these streets thinking that it's something ever so great out here. There are great things, but you have to definitely be led to them. And so they, they are awesome. They, they help out so much. They break my drums down. They pack them up or they'll, they'll help me build the drums back up. They'll, they'll load the van for me. So they, they really are helpful. I really appreciate them. I think I'll, I'll cook them dinner tomorrow. Well, I don't know if, yeah, I don't know if folks have other questions for you or not. Okay. No. Okay. Well, um, I wanted to give you an opportunity, Aisha, if you had anything else that you wanted to share, you know, before we close. Okay. So I just want to reiterate that I'll be having my first presentation, my performance for the women in hip hop. We're going to be taping it on Tuesday. It will be aired the following Sunday. And I am considering having my, my project release at uh, Nandi's Knowledge Cafe. And I, I spoke with Mama Nandi about it and she's, she gave me the okay. So I'm excited about that. And I'm gonna be helping doing gardening around her space as well. I'm gonna be really helping to, um, you know, get, get us some more locations where we can help fortify ourselves and fortify our community. I just want to say thank you, Piper Carter, for being in my life. Thank you so much for your, your encouragement and inspiration and always providing a platform for me to, to express myself and always giving me love and just letting me know I can do it. You know, I appreciate you. You are a wonderful person to know, you know, so, and, and you, I love that you stay so futuristic, you know, you stay in the loop. There are times when I'll just kind of fall back, but Piper, you always keep your your hand on what's happening and what's yet to happen. So I, you are, are are a bridge on so many levels. I just it's you. I just you're magnificent. You are my magnificent friend, and I'm just I'm thankful and grateful for you, girl. I'm looking forward to us doing more things in the future on bigger levels like I'm looking forward to our endeavors turning out better than what we even imagined wow I just receive all of that <laughs> I don't know um yeah. Jaira do you have did you want to um leave us with any words um just make sure that everyone stay learning something new and make sure that you stay safe out there. Don't get in the Tesla and just go to sleep. <laughs> and be sure that you are aware of your surroundings. That's nah. right, Jaira. Don't get in that nah. Tesla and go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Deja, you wanna, uh, did you want to leave us with any words before we go? Um, just piggybacking off what Jaira said. Everybody be aware of your surroundings. There's a lot going on. And as it gets warmer outside, more crazy things start happening. So just be careful. Yes. Thank you for that, Deja. Brittany looks like she had to drop off. But um, yeah, just grateful for Brittany as well. Yes. And just um, want to let folks know we will be showing Aisha's performance on the We Found Hip Hop YouTube channel next sunday and it'll 
live on there um, and it'll live in other spaces because we're going to be continuing to share it. But you can definitely check it out on the We Found Hip Hop YouTube channel. Um, it looks like Brittany is getting let back in. Let's see when her audio connects. But also, there you go, Brittany. Um, Brittany, I was just asking, everyone did their, their final words. I wanted to get some closing words from you. Aisha, it's been great. I can't wait till we uh, can all get back and get some uh, in-person drumming. Uh, it's, always cool. it's always cool to have your energy. I was telling uh, Deja and Jaira how cool you are and how dynamic you are. So thank you for sharing a little bit of it with us. Um, I'm looking forward to your performance. Congratulations. I know it feels good to uh, have a project coming. And so yeah. uh, happy new year and uh, happy, uh, you know, new project. Thank you so much, Brittany. Yes. And Aisha, you gave us your social media handles and how to contact you before, but can you name them uh, again? Absolutely. So on Instagram, I'm Aisha on drums, and that's A-I-S-H-A-O-N-D-R-U-M-S. On Facebook, I'm Aisha Ellis, and my my product is uh, 313SlickMe on Instagram. Um, I, I totally forgot to bring up the life insurance, but maybe that will be a conversation for another time. <laughs> so... Yeah. Yeah. Aisha is making sure that people, um, you know, are able to have uh, security to to, to pass on to their loved ones. So, yeah, we can talk about that another time. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and then also to just um, continue listening to the Piper Carter podcast. We really appreciate all of our listeners. Uh, you can check us out on all streaming platforms. You can also drop us a line on our Facebook group, Piper Carter Podcast. You can check us out on Instagram, pc.podcast. And of course, we are on the Detroit is Different Network. And you can go to DetroitIsDifferent.net to see the Piper Carter Podcast as well as other podcasts. Once again, we want to thank you, Aisha Ellis. Thank you, Jaira, Deja, Brittany. And we appreciate all of our listeners. And we will see you next week. Peace. Remember to like, share, subscribe, and always listen on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Store, and Spotify.